In this episode, we explore time bending with the eclipses, Pluto retrograde, Mercury shift into his home sign of Gemini, the Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse, the Jupiter and Venus marriage. Oh my goodness, the astrology is communicating so much to us in this season of Beltana. It is a packed and rich episode, and I really believe this is going to help you through this Beltana fairy eclipse portal. Yes, we are going to also connect with the Fae, and I believe you're going to have some beautiful takeaways to support you through the spring eclipse season. Welcome. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. It's lovely to come and circle together with each one of you. 
I'm so grateful that we can gather in this way. I am almost at that mark of podcasting now for two complete years. Officially, it will be my next podcast episode, number 51. And I'm basing that more on time versus the episodes themselves. As I began in May of 2020, I feel like I'm really anchoring more and more into the art of podcasting and and what that means for me. And I've always known that when I've always wanted to have a podcast that was different. I didn't want to do something that was the typical interview style. And I shared in episode 49, which I know touched many of you, about how growing up in the 80s and some of the the stories we were graced with in the 80s as children of the 80s. Um, the never-ending story, E.T. I mean, we we had some pretty cool offerings, Back to the Future. No wonder why I love to talk about time bending and timeline hopping and jumping and all of those things that, yes, we're getting into again in this episode. So uh, I hope you stick around for the whole journey. And it's going to be a journey. It it This one took many hours to compile my thoughts around. And when I say many hours, I really mean that. There's a lot of information that wishes to be delivered for you through me. The point is, is that I I had this vision and it's really now two years into this journey. I feel like I'm really anchoring more into it and loving just really loving this art of podcasting even more. There was a time where I would be a little irritated about recording in my closet because I had another room in my house I really preferred to record in. And now it's like, I love it. And I love the fact that I'm here with my ancestral altar and I've given my ancestors offerings and the candles are lit and we've connected and then I get to connect with you all. And I feel like it's just this opportunity to really share with you and be a living demonstration of what it means to be connected to our ancestors and to be connected to that medicine and how it can flow through each one of us and how important it is for these times. Since the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, I just feel like this concept of time has been collapsing more than I've really experienced in the last couple of years. And I would say for many of us, we felt such a collapse of time and it's like amplified and it's so beautiful. And I just feel like I'm in living, breathing ceremony every moment. And when I say that, I want to be clear, like I've had some real challenges since that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, not just like emotional or familial, relational, I've had some real physical pain that I went through with that Libra full moon. That Libra full moon was so intense. It was Pluto was 
being activated through the full moon, through the square, and that was activating my Pluto. And so I went through quite a number of psyche deaths. And even amidst some real intense physical pain, I just have been feeling this sinking even deeper sensation into ceremony and living in ceremony. We are just in profound and sacred times. And we all know that they're not easy times. They're challenging, but they're also really beautiful. And I think for many of us, we've been praying for for a change and we're we're in it now. So it's very exciting. As I'm recording this, it's Venus Day, it's Earth Day, and my prayer for Mother Earth is just that we can really make every day Earth Day. We live here on planet Earth. This is such a beautiful planet. We are so blessed. The way the elements merge and combine, the way that we have diversity of species, diversity of people, we could even say diversity of life forms in the sense of people are looking for like these extraterrestrials to come and save us. And I really feel like we are the extraterrestrials already here. And so it's like we're really diverse in many, many ways. And Earth is a special place. And how can we elevate our consciousness as humanity to embrace every day as Earth Day, to embrace every day as a sacred day, to live in that ceremonial way once again, that ancient future wisdom, because we want to harness the beauty of traditional cultures. It doesn't mean we're going backwards, but it means that we're really uplifting the indigenous technologies and bringing them to the forefront of how we live our day-to-day lives. And for me, that is so much about what Star Stones and Stories is, is it is this ancient future merging the sharing of teachings and technologies I've received through many, many years of devotional study. I feel so blessed to have worked with so many different mentors, and I love to weave in their teachings throughout these podcasts in the ways that it feels really relevant and alive. And I have people who come to me who say, like, what's one book you can recommend for this or that? And I'm like, I really can't for most things because I'm not pulling from one resource. I'm pulling from many, many schools of thought. That is the medicine of story. That is the act of storytelling. I want to share with you where we are in the cosmos with the phases of the moon and and what's coming up. And we have a lot of real significant astrology coming through as we prepare for this Beltana fairy eclipse portal. As I'm currently recording, we're coming into the last quarter moon phase. This is a time of great, great reflection, The moon is in Capricorn. 
And this is a time when the moon rises at midnight and sets around noon. And the life impulse has in many ways completed its mission from that Aries new moon. And now we're beginning to find our way towards an intuited future as we prepare for this Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse, which will be fully amidst us next Saturday. And as we're orienting ourselves, there can be somewhat of a crisis of consciousness because the dark is becoming more and more dominant as the life force is turning away and we're, we're composting old ideas. And also we have to honor and acknowledge that we've been through the first moon of the zodiacal year and we have 12 more moons to go through. And in this month of April, we have two new moons. So this Taurus new moon's partial solar eclipse will also be a black moon as it is the second new moon in the month. And there's so many layers to this coming eclipse, which we will absolutely break down in this episode. And I want to say as we're coming to this last quarter moon phase, which is going to take us through next week from today, April 22nd, 2022, we're reorienting away from what has happened and turning towards the future. And this is really significant because we are in this void at this moment preparing for this profound eclipse portal. And our last eclipse portal, that was that great super magnetic eclipse portal where the north node and the sun and the moon met on the great attractor. And I spoke about that in episode, I believe it was episode 40, the super magnetic eclipse portal episode. And that was right before I went to Egypt. That last journey was such this like deep descent into the realm of death. There were so many layers of psychological death. I personally went through many, many people left the planet during that time, including my mentor, Elder Maladoma Somme, who if you've circled up, you've heard me speak about him many times and will continue to. And I wrote recently, I, I shared in a post, and I can't remember if I spoke about this in episode 49, but I want to speak about it now because it's it's alive. And I think it it's something we just need to keep hearing over and over again. But one of the things that he said is that doubt is the poison of modernity. How many of us have been raised within doubt to doubt ourselves, to go into the rational mind and to doubt our intuition and to doubt the literal feelings of our body temple? And we're here in Taurus season, and this is a time to really be anchored in the body and to trust our bodies and to really activate our throat and the throat chakra and to speak our truth. And Maladoma spoke about how the vocal cords connect through subspace to and through the cosmos and 
as we speak, we are literally like crowning ourselves. We are sitting upon our thrones of sovereignty, of authority. And how many of us speak from that space of great devotion and awareness that we are creators, we are creatrixes. And as we speak, we are literally weaving spells. And so as we come through this darkening phase of the moon, preparing for this Beltana fairy eclipse portal. And let me tell you, the Fae and the little people have so much to bring in through the next few weeks for us. It is time. It is time for each one of us to claim our speech as spell crafting, to really understand the medicine of our throats and our voice and what we create through speech and what this weaving means. And it's also perfect timing because next Friday on April 29th, we are entering into retrograde season just before the eclipse portal. Now, technically, we're entering into the shadow of Mercury retrograde on the 26th of April, and that is Tuesday. And that is because on the 26th of April, Mercury will be aligned at 26 degrees, six arc minutes Taurus. And then on Friday, the 29th, of May, Mercury shifts into Gemini, which is going to be significant. And that's actually where Mercury will station retrograde. It's not going to be until the 11th of May, around five degrees Gemini. And so I will share much more in depth about the Mercury retrograde portal and how we want to work with that in episode 41, because there's so much content to deliver in episode 50. It just didn't feel aligned to go into it. But I want to prepare you that we're coming into the shadow of Mercury retrograde on Tuesday, the 26th of April. And then it really starts to pick up more on the 29th of April. And that is namely because our first planet of retrograde season stations, and that is Pluto. So Pluto will station at 2.36 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time at 28 degrees, 35 arc minutes Capricorn. This is very significant for everyone as a global community and particularly for those of us who live in the United States as we are in the midst of our Pluto return. And this will take us in July to that second peak of the Pluto return. And so we want to be kind of paying attention on some level to that 20 
6 to, to 29 degrees Capricorn for any of us who might have that in our charts or the other cardinal signs around 26 to 29 degrees of Aries, of Libra, or also Cancer. On that Friday, as Pluto stations retrograde, it is, for some people, these Pluto retrogrades, when when Pluto stations direct or retrograde, it can be significant. It, it won't affect everyone. It's more so if you have a strong Pluto transit happening in your chart, or if you're really governed by Pluto in certain ways. However, it is important because this is really asking this theme of transformation to become more personalized. And so it's an opportunity for each one of us to take stock of where that 28, 29 degrees Capricorn lives in our charts to see where the foundations are looking to be cared for, tended for, transformed, dissolved, cleared out, awakened. And these are the areas of our charts that we worked really, really hard in in 2020 and that we're still activated quite a lot in 2021. So we're all pretty familiar with these areas of our charts. As a heads up, Pluto will be stationing direct later on in the year in the fall in October 9th around 26 degrees Capricorn. As I mentioned, Mercury will shift signs from Taurus to one of Mercury's home signs and I would say most comfortable sign of Gemini on Friday and that's around 6.23 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Mercury is the planet of communication and information and ideas and thoughts and how we speak and how we write, how we utilize our voice on so many levels. And Mercury is coming home to that sign of duality, to that trickster medicine of Gemini, the yin, the yang, the masculine, the feminine. It's a perfect alignment for Mercury to be in as we prepare for this Beltana eclipse portal because there are so many layers of hieroscamos happening here. So with Mercury coming home to Gemini, which is the sign of the king and the queen, the man and the woman, the butterfly medicine, it is the fulfillment of Hieroscamos on so many levels. It is the lovers. And each one of us is meant to be our own lover. This whole concept of like twin flame romance, there's so much I could say about it. What I will say for now is at the end of the day, you are your own twin flame. And so, like, 
I feel like many of us have gotten duped by the whole twin flame situation, like looking for this person, thinking we found this person. Yes, like deep, passionate love exists. And I I do believe some people really have a special being out there where they can really activate their medicine in a powerful, potent way. And I also believe that we are in a time as we go deeper into this Aquarian age where we're really learning to be self-reliant, where we're really learning to be deep in our own frequency and to find the power and the potency in that. The reality is, if you really believe in the twin flame journey, then you know that part of that medicine journey is that when you let go of your perceived twin flame and you really anchor into your own power and your own frequency and your own medicine, if that twin flame really is out there for you, you will attract them like a moth to a flame instantly. Why not just sink even deeper into your own power, your own medicine, your own mojo? Because the deeper you do that, you are going to call forth all the prosperity, all the resources, everything you've ever needed because you understand that source lives literally within you and breathes through you. And so Mercury, as connected to Thoth, to Tehuti, to the the scribe, the creator of language, the astrologer, the astronomer, the magician, the the great, great storyteller. Mercury loves to be at home in Gemini. And that Friday, April 29th, is the official dark moon period. It is right before this Taurus new moon. The moon will be in that balsamic phase, that phase of stillness, the true void, the space of shadow and magic, allowing each one of us to really harness the wisdom of the Aries lunar cycle and to see where we are in our clearing karmic work and and to really prepare consciously for this eclipse portal that is coming. And also Mercury will be as an evening star in the sky on that dark moon. And so it'll be a really beautiful time to look up to the stars and to find Mercury, Hermes, Thoth, Tehuti, and to say hello. Eclipses are powerful portals. They are these wild card events that happen Some years we have four eclipses, some years we have five eclipses. This is a year where we have four eclipses and they open up these new dimensions into our lives. And eclipses occur when the dragon's head and tail, also referred to as the nodes of the moon, are conjunct either the sun or the moon. And this may occur when a node is conjunct to the new moon 
And so the sun and the moon meet up with a node and that creates a solar eclipse or the node can be junked, conjunct or married with the full moon known as a lunar eclipse. And a full moon occurs when the sun and the moon directly oppose one another. So these are potent portals where these nodes of the moon work together as a conscious unit and they are like these subtle fields of the moon's orbit moving in these 18 and a half year cycles. Now the nodes are not physical astronomical bodies. They are points in space. They are vortexes of energy and therefore that immediately suggests that they carry cosmic meaning. In Vedic astrology, the nodes are compared to a cosmic dragon, a mother of all serpents. And I am very much a lover of dragon mythology. And I really believe we all have a dragon as we connect deeper into the meridians of our body and the meridians of Mother Earth's body. We can understand that these chakral energy vortexes, the ley lines of Mother Earth are tended to, they're guarded by, they're cared for, they're stewarded by the dragon frequency. We were discussing this in Earth Seed and the Spring Council, and we're having such a beautiful time together this year. And I just am in awe of how life is weaving us in these times, like this gorgeous tapestry. And we could also say that the dragon medicine weaves us as a collective of the earth. And so when the eclipses come, the dragon frequency gets activated. And just as a serpent sheds its skin, so does the dragon. And that is what is happening during the eclipse. There can be simultaneously massive death and also massive birth. And so when we go through great death and great birth, we know that there can be crisis. At the beginning of this month of April, a number of us gathered here in Appalachia to honor the passing of Elder Maladoma and Elder Teresa, who's such a beautiful, beautiful woman who's helped Maladoma's work really thrive and grow for nearly two decades, I believe since 2003 or 2004. And she has been graced by Elder Maladoma to continue the lineage of work. So if you're interested in these teachings and, and immersions and studying, you can always visit Maladoma's website or Ancestral Events that website to tune into those offerings. And so a number of us gathered on Elder Teresa's land, which was a land that hosted many, many of these 
gatherings where we would we would come together to learn from Elder Maladoma. And the land is so amazing in and of itself. But what touched me so deeply at one point was when Teresa shared how Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes wrote to her after Maladoma's passing and said how when someone of the magnitude of Maladoma Somme leaves the earth, it as it is as if the entire gravity of the planet has shifted. And that touched me personally on so many levels. One, because simultaneously I've been studying with Dr. Estes and Elder Maladoma since 2018. I've been studying with them live and in person and really devoted much more of my time and energy to working with Elder Maladoma. However, it felt so profound that one mentor spoke of the other mentor's death when it had occurred. What hit me the strongest was the palpability of Dr. E's words where she spoke of the gravity, how the gravity of the planet literally shifts when someone like Maladoma leaves the earth plane and ventures into the other world. And that hit me because she is such a master with words, as was he, having been in Egypt and having been really sick the moment when Elder Maladoma transitioned to the other world and not knowing that he was transitioning and finding out the next day. And then when I found out, literally feeling my breath taken from my body and literally feeling the force of gravity of the earth shift and literally simultaneously being in an eclipse portal. It's so much like this serpent shedding its skin and the dragon really going through a phase of death and birth. And earlier this evening, today, I was downtown in Asheville at Earth Magic, which is a place where I offer readings. And I I love doing it. It's such a beautiful space to be within. And also, I love it because amazing locals come through. Also, I get to meet a lot of travelers and to sit with people from all over is such a blessing. And I just love the fact that even though Asheville has that small town feel today, even though it's massively growing before our eyes, There's just something so magical about some of the people who are attracted to come here. And so getting to sit with them in really ceremony, we could say, I would say, you know, probably 75, 80%, maybe even 90% aren't looking at it like that when they come to sit with me. However, I see it as ceremony and it's just, it's such a gift 
And these nodes, when they shift, are a gift. And the reality is we don't always know how to prepare for them. We don't always know how they're going to go down, how things are going to land. The north node or the ascending node shows where the moon crosses the ecliptic from south to north. And this is the dragon's head. It is the path of Dharma, essentially where we learn to fly by falling down. For many of us, the north node in our chart shows a space of spiritual growth and integration and offers new learning experiences, experiences which can lead to our growth. It is awkward and the wild unknown. And during an eclipse time can literally speed up or timelines may dramatically switch. Now, to be honest with you, really what I think has been happening since 2020 is that what we've entered into astrologically, timelines are now dramatically switching on the daily. I think many of us can feel that. And so when we go into these eclipse portals, given how time is so strangely accentuated within the last couple of years, the eclipses are even offering us a more accelerated time of the shifting, the perception around how time feels for each one of us. The south node or the descending node is conversely indicated by the moon's path from a northerly to southerly celestial latitude. And this is gift of karma, our past, our shadow. It is showing us where we can get really comfortable, where we're cozy in our lives. The south node as past represents the path of least resistance However, this is also where we come from. It is the memory of how we utilized and applied our knowledge and skills. The South Node is a reservoir of our resources. It is our connection to the Akashic records as well. Eclipses always bring truth. They bring truths that we need to see, to know, to feel, despite how uncomfortable the results may be. And as we look to many ancient cultures and technologies, many of them regarded eclipses with great respect and often also knew that eclipses could bring disasters and difficulty. And so eclipses are times where we want to be reverent. We want to be cautious. We want to be careful. They're not the best times to be bumbling about in our day-to-day, totally unconscious. There are times where we really want to be grounded, aware, present, and to be very focused on what we're doing. We want to be intentional. So when I speak of an eclipse and how you want to be grounded and aware and intentional and focused, In this way, I'm speaking of the exact moment of the eclipse. So sometimes the eclipse goes on for, let's say, like, for instance, I know this lunar eclipse on May 16th that's coming up that we'll talk about in depth in episode 51. Roughly, that eclipse is going to go from about 9.30 p.m. until about 2.55 a.m., and that's Eastern Daylight Time. So we're talking about six-hour window, which is pretty long. 
Sometimes the actual eclipse will be about four hours or two hours. So we want to be as conscious as we can in that window of time. Sometimes, given the way our modern lives are, we just kind of have to do things that are out of our hands, out of our control. And so you show up the best you can. However, what I am encouraging you to do more and more, and I'm creating more and more offerings in 2022 to help you and support you through this, is to really use these times of eclipses in a ceremonial way because they are times that bring up a lot of shadow energy for us. And if we're not using that time consciously, it can actually cause a lot of harm to others and to ourselves. However, if we can stop, if we can pause in our lives and we can get more conscious, we can actually clear quite a lot of karmic ghosts in our own lineage and in the collective field through the eclipse portal. As I mentioned, eclipses tend to mark major events from births to deaths and other momentous beginnings and endings, quite often heralding vast unexpected shifts. With all eclipses, there is some kind of ending and a beginning. And quite often lunar eclipses are more focused on endings, emotions, and the revelation of true character, while solar eclipses are often focused on new beginnings, possibilities, and hope. When we're in in an eclipse portal, it's kind of like we're being stretched in both directions simultaneously. And so the eclipse asks us to be fully present, vigilant, and aware in our lives. I'd like to just take a moment to invite you to make sure you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. These come out usually every Friday. Sometimes they're delayed by a day or two. However, it's really important that if you want to stay connected, that you sign up to receive these, which you can go to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com to do so. One, because email communication is literally like gold within the realm of today's world. None of us own the data of any social media, and so we can't take for granted that we can connect through social media. And email is a way to really stay on the pulse I also am very intentional in my weekly emails, making sure you're really clear on any upcoming events. But most importantly, I take the time to send you a message about the current astrology and offer you some of the words straight from my heart that I believe will help to support you really to thrive in the times that we're in. I'm also building some exciting new courses. Many of you are already familiar with my work and what I'm up to. However, I'd love to just take a moment to let you know that I've been studying the stars now for nearly 30 years. It's been about, I think, 28 years. And I've just completed 
my dissertation and found out that I received merit on that to receive a Master of Arts in Cultural Astronomy and Astrology through the Safaya Center. And what I wrote about in depth and researched in my own research project was the Great Conjunctions of 2020. And so in my own astrological process and practice, I utilize Western tropical astrology techniques, melding mundane, traditional, psychological, evolutionary, and intuitive methods. And I'm always learning, always gathering new knowledge and new wisdom. And in fact, in this eclipse portal, I'm going to my first ever professional astrology conference. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be hanging out with many amazing astrologers in Tucson, Arizona. I'm just excited to, to geek out with a bunch of people who are as passionate about astrology as I am. I've gone to different gatherings over the years with yogis and people in other spiritual groups and circles, and this is a realm I have not tapped into in this way. So it's very exciting, and I know it's only going to feed stars, stones, and stories more as we move into the future. So with that, I want you to know that over the past two years, I've had over 22,000 unique listeners and now 82 countries of Mother Earth are represented in the listening base. My goal is to double the amount of unique listeners within the next year, so to go from 22,000 to 44,000. And I'd love your support by sharing this podcast with two, three, four, five friends, beloved ones who you think would benefit. And also, if you can take a moment, if you use an Apple device, if you could leave a review in the podcasting app, it's that purple icon, um, leave a review on iTunes that does help boost the ranking. And if you're new to this episode, I want to say that um, please make sure you've listened to some of the most popular episodes, which are in the order of listening base, um, Bloodlines and Starlines, that was episode number 40, The Super Magnetic Eclipse Portal, that was episode number 41, The Otherworldly Gate of Samhain, that was number 39, You Are Limitless, episode 42, and The Great Conjunction, episode number 16, which was part one. I'm really shocked at how few people have listened to episode 17, which was The Great Conjunction, part two, because I thought we really like geeked out in episode 16, and I, I was certain many people were going to circle back around for number 17. And what got covered in 17 is deep. Like, to be honest with you, I never listen to my episodes. Once I publish them, like I put it out there and I let it go. It's like, I mean, for one, 
can you imagine if I had the time? <laughs> I'd, I'd literally have to stop time to be able to listen to my own episodes because, I mean, like, I, I to be honest with you, I'm, I'm producing quite a lot of content in many different ways. I mean, I'm an artist through and through, and I have been. This is what I what I studied in undergraduate school. I was an interdisciplinary artist, and I created installation art. And in so many ways, podcasting is a form of installation art. I'm sitting here. I'm creating sacred space, and I'm speaking to you from a liminal realm. I'm a heavily guided 12th house person, you get to tune into this liminal space in your own time when it suits you. To me, this is like one of the coolest ways to connect because you meet me in that liminal realm when it suits your ability to really be present with it. And I love that so much. So if you are interested in some cool kind of like Egyptian mythology, cosmology, do check out episode 17, The Great Conjunction Part 2, because I found some really amazing alignments with that particular Great Conjunction, and I haven't seen anyone else talk about it. I want to share with you some upcoming in-person events that I have here in the Appalachian area, but also a really cool virtual event that everyone in the world is invited to. This weekend, the 23rd of April at West Asheville Yoga from 7 to 9 p.m., I'm offering a workshop, Beltana Eclipse Portal Promise, and we're going to talk about the astrology. We're going to do some yoga, some meditation, and there will be some beautiful gong to really prepare you for this eclipse journey. And then the following day, Sunday, the 24th of April, is the Taurus New Moon Beltana Eclipse Portal Women's Wisdom Council. Normally, I offer these literally the night before the new moon. However, I will be in Tucson, Arizona at the OPA conference, the Organization of Professional Astrologers, and I'm going to be soaking up so much wisdom so that I can deliver even more amazing astrological insights to you all through this podcast, through my social media posts, my Venetian love notes, and most importantly, through the high caliber one-on-one divination sessions that I offer. And so that brings me to this really special gathering on the 15th of May. It's a Sunday. And it's a virtual Scorpio full moon, full flower moon workshop from 9 p.m. until 3 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So we begin on the 15th of May. That's Sunday at 9 p.m. And we will go through 3 a.m. Eastern, day, Eastern Daylight Time on the 16th of May. Yes, that is 3 a.m. on a Monday morning. However, hang with me here. I want to say this is a live virtual global teaching. 
You can come in for all of it. You can come in for part of it. If you get tired and you need to go to bed, you can sign off. It's totally up to you. However, none of this will be recorded. It is only going to be available live. I mentioned earlier how I want to start offering real specific events online and also in person to support people through these eclipse portals. And so this full moon on the 15th of May will be an online gathering. Now, we are going to be together for the entirety of the eclipse. The eclipse will begin at 9.32 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and will end at 2.51 a.m. on Monday, Monday, the 16th of May. That's Eastern Daylight Time. So the invitation is to join in this special event to honor the full lunar Wisak flower eclipse at 26 degrees Scorpio. Together, we will circle and honor the great elementals and our ancestors through yogic technology, deep meditation, sound healing, and astrology. The full lunar eclipse offers a profound time to clear out the shadow lands deep within the recesses of the mind. This is a global and virtual offering that will run from the six, the 15th of May through the 16th of May. Of course, this depends on what time zone you live in, because for some of our brothers and sisters, it will already be the 16th of May when we begin. This offering is a live transmission and will not be recorded to fully honor the entirety of this eclipse so that we may collectively clear and transmute our ancestral ghosts in a sacred container. No one will be turned away due to lack of funds. However, you can register on my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. You can email direct if you need a sliding scale offering. With that, I just want to say, you know, I'm creating, I always like to splash in global online events when I can, because I know a lot of you don't live in the Asheville area and I want to offer events that you can come to as well. And I want to say by participating in events, by booking a divination session, by circling up in my courses like Earthseed and my upcoming astrology course, which I really um, appreciate your patience and hanging out there. I'm planning to offer the first session. It's going to be a summer school session, so it's going to be in August. And then there will be another session in September for anyone who's traveling. So stay tuned for that. These are ways you can sustain this work. If you're passionate about star stones and stories, you can also send love offerings via Venmo. My handle is at Rama Tribe, R-A-M-A-T-R-I-B-E. And the links to join in any of these events to connect with me on Venmo are all in the show notes. Put that out there because creating a podcast and like 
sustaining it every other week is by means not cheap at all. Just in running the software alone, that cost me $55 a month. I'm at a place where I could really use a new podcasting mic and I'd love one of those like squishy sponges uh, because my other guard thing, sorry, I don't know all the technical terms, is not attaching anymore. And you know, it's just like, it's it's an investment. And to give you a sense for this episode, I spent about five or six hours researching and now I'm recording and then I'm going to edit and then I have to like birth it out to you. So it's like probably on average each episode, I'm devoting at least six hours and that's six hours where I could be offering readings or you know, I could be doing other things, but I do this with love and intention because I'm so passionate about it. It's my art. I want to do it. I love to do it. And I know not everyone in the world can afford to have a reading or to even come to a workshop. I've always believed in making my work accessible to all. And I consider these podcasts as a gift and as a way to do that. If you're feeling really generous in your life and you want these podcasts to continue, please feel free to send that love offering or sign up for an event or book a reading. This is how we create this new earth economy. This is so related to this Taurus new moon, which I'm about to share all the details of this Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse with you. The reason why it's so related is because we're talking about like the new earth consciousness and our value system. And what we value is everything. And so where we put our sacred time and attention and where we place our money, which is our life force and our energy, that is actually our value system, right? So like look at your bank statement. That's going to tell you about your financial values. Like think about where you spent the last $250 that you just spent. That's going to tell you about your value system. And we're in a time where we are restructuring, we are recreating our value system from an old, outdated paradigm to this architecting of the new earth consciousness. And the way we, we collaboratively do that is by seeding what we believe in and supporting one another. And I love supporting the people that I care about in all the different ways. And that is so related to this Taurus new moon. The Taurus new moon is also a partial solar eclipse. And the new moon is exact at 4.28 p.m. at 10 degrees 28 arc minutes, Taurus. And the sun and the moon they they merge, they marry at this exact degree, and they are also conjunct Uranus and Taurus and also Pallas Athene and Taurus. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is a black moon because it is the second new moon in the month of April. 
So we have that amplified action of two new moons. And the black moon is really a black moon because it is a partial solar eclipse. So there's a very special frequency here. Literally the morning before this new moon, Palisathene has just shifted from Aries to Taurus. And she's this goddess of the high mind. She is all about justice, that which we're really like mentally creative through and how we express it. And in Taurus, she's just like so connected to the sacred arts of the earth and using her hands and working with clay and baskets and mud brick building and wood fire oven clay pizza making and sipping on biodynamic wine and hearing the buzzing of the bees and you know like harvesting honey just anything you could think of that is about slow food or slow life slow living palisathene is like a genius at bringing these together in the sign of taurus and then we have uranus and taurus at 14 degrees 32 arc minutes this is very significant, all of this, and this Taurus energy. It's earth, it's fixed, it is represented by the symbol of the bull, the builder. It is all about being connected to the material realm, being very sensual, being grounded deeply, deeply about pleasure. So we are in the season of pleasure. Taurians have to do everything in life in pleasure. Like they are just like so resentful if they are asked to do something that they don't want to do, even if it's work, even if you're paying them. <laughs> Whereas like other signs are like, hey, if you pay me, I'll do anything, even things I don't like. A Taurus, no. <laughs> and uh, I've witnessed this firsthand. I love Taurus energy. And uh, yeah, if you're connecting with a Taurus, it's like real important that you're aligned. Now, this is such a beautiful sign and time to be resourceful, to be re productive and stable. And this is the frequency of I have. We can think of the archetype of the lover, the courtesan, the artist, the dancer, Taurus is ruled by Venus and all about beauty and just the like soaking up the culture and the creativity of the elements and the earth. And this is where that which is slow and steady absolutely wins the race. This is the maintaining energy of spring. This is the time to be an earth lover, to be a chef, a musician, an artist, a farmer, to be deeply sensual. The shadow energy of this Taurus sign is that there can be too much predictability or an over-focus on the material realm, a possessiveness, a stubbornness 
being too habitual or being entitled, lazy, or overindulgent. As Taurus is ruled by Venus, Venus, we know, governs love, attraction, the goddess, beauty, creativity, art, harmony, sensuality, our relationships, and our value system. This brings us to Uranus. Uranus is in Taurus. And so we need to talk about this because this is very significant with this eclipse portal. Uranus entered into Taurus in May of 2018. Uh, Some of you have heard me speak about that exact moment when Uranus entered into Taurus, I was sitting in my very first one-on-one divination. It was the first time I had met Elder Maladoma in person. It was the Taurus new moon, and I literally was sitting with him when Uranus went into Taurus. Instinctually, I knew that he was going to have that effect on my life. So I have a very kind of personal connection to this entry of Uranus into Taurus. Now, Uranus went into Taurus, as I said, in May of 2018, then dipped back into Aries in November of 2018, and officially settled into Taurus in March of 2019. And Uranus will transit through the sign of Taurus until 2026, when Uranus meets Gemini. And that is going to be so exciting. I'm I'm really into this. I'm loving Uranus and Taurus, and I also can't wait for Uranus and Gemini because Uranus is a higher octave of Mercury, and we know Mercury is the home sign of Gemini, So, or Mercury rules Gemini, right? So it's like, I think this is going to be a really fascinating transit. I'm not sure if I've discussed this in the podcast, but It was something that definitely came through in my dissertation. And this beautiful French astrologer, he was self-taught and probably one of the most intelligent, mundane astrologers of our times, André Barbeau. He is really the only person that I think we know of who like actually predicted like in words in writing in 2020 we will see a global pandemic and he wrote that well it's in a interview um in a magazine like an astrology magazine from like i think it was 2016 i have the whole reference in my dissertation and i do want to offer an online global event where I can give a teaching on my dissertation. I think that many of you who are avid listeners would really enjoy it and would absolutely benefit. Who knows? Maybe I'll do like a, um, one of those live like YouTube podcasts, you know, like I'll record it like I do, um, but also simultaneously like do it live on YouTube or something like that so that people can see me. Andre Barbeau said in this interview, he said things were going to get really intense, but by the year of 2026, there would be a big shift. And, you know, I've been trying to figure out what was he talking about? And something hit me when I was doing research for this episode. And I was like, huh, 
I wonder if it's because Uranus is shifting into Gemini. Because Andre Barbeau, unfortunately, he transitioned in 2019. So we can't ask him. Or, I mean, I guess we could, you know, tap to our ancestors and maybe they'll tell us. Uranus is the key to our illumination of our super intuitive and genius potential. As I said, Uranus is a higher octave Mercury, and as the Awakener demonstrates change, freedom, rebellion, and revolution, it is about the eccentric, the non-traditional, and the avant-garde. Where Uranus lives in our chart, we wish to be unique and express our capacity for independence. Psychologically, Uranus rules the electrical impulses that travel through our nervous system. Uranus rules over the sign of Aquarius and takes 84 years to complete a cycle. And what culture deems as the midlife crisis is actually marked by the half Uranian cycle. And so we all go through this, what is called the Uranus opposition. And I have these very... um, special readings called midlife activation points where we can look at when these are coming for you or when they did come. We all go through a Pluto square Pluto, a Uranus opposition, a Neptune square Neptune, and then it culminates with a Chiron return. And this is very important astrology to understand about yourself. I myself am preparing for my Uranus opposition and pretty excited about it because it's something that I've had the honor of witnessing other people go through for a number of years now. And, um, The Uranus opposition, especially for women, it's believed really strongly activates the throat in a whole new way. With this Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse, it is conjunct Uranus. We are talking about the sun and the moon are literally less than four degrees away. So they're they're quite close to Uranus. And anytime you have an outer planet close to a luminary, it becomes very much accentuated because the further these planets are, are, the more magnetism they create to Earth. We are going into this eclipse portal to experience freedom and empathy and our uniqueness, our eccentricity, the unexpected, altruistic love, to be curious even more about astrology and electricity and our vibratory phenomena. This is a new moon that wants to innovate and to invent and to bring together the group process. This is a time of instant empathy and to meet people and feel like they're old friends or confidence beyond time and space. This is a time to drop the prejudices of the world and perhaps even forget what sex, religion, or another color a person is and to relate to their central essence to be friends to the whole world, to be non-judgmental, and to really be tied to our genius. If we are not in those frequencies, then we can resist 
by being rebellious, by being flaky, by being lawless, by being chaotic, by being cold, antisocial, to have shocking behavior, to rise up in anarchy, to fry our nervous systems, to have acute nervousness. This is definitely an eclipse portal. I think all eclipse portals, it is good to be as sober as you can. This is an eclipse portal where I would absolutely really, really encourage you to show up sober because the nervous system can get fried very easily through this time. And I even include in that very strong plant medicinals, mushrooms, all of these kind of mind-altering, psyche-altering experiences, anything that goes into the nervous system could be a bit much for us. So we want to be really grounded. We want to drink a lot of water. And I'm going to share with you later on in this episode things you can do to really get through this eclipse portal to stay nourished. The Sabian symbol for 11 degrees Taurus is a woman watering flowers in her garden. This is the development of the powers of the mind on which ego consciousness is based. The psycho-mental nature of a human being takes form out of the fulfillment and transcendence of biological functions and drives, much as the bud appears as the sap rises and bursts forth into bloom. As the roots, so the flower. The consciousness attaches itself. It lavishes its attention upon it. It's love, alas, usually a possessive kind of love. Thus, the ego develops. And the star sparks for this is a woman with flames for hair. She is at one with herself and her experience. Her instincts and passions, her ambitions and hopes, her dreams and fears make her consistent. This is one supreme destiny being. Her one interest in life is to be herself and do what she is meant to do. She is the erect microcosm. Whatever she needs to know, to feel, or to get in touch with will come from inside as her own first. She is the one to walk the personal soul path and show others that it can be done. But what is it that she finds in her earthy immediacy? of self-disclosure. Her path is to be a bold, blazing bearer of a very unique spirit realization uncompromised by the interpretations and evaluations of the horizontal. She is an advanced scout for those who are breaking loose, for she is sensually uninhabited and cosmically ripe for moving forward, onward in her own rightful pace with very little to the standards that blocked such journeys previously. This woman is burning up with inspiration. She and her guardian angel at cooking up a path to fly alone that is utterly outrageous. She needs to reverse all the false dictums against self-exploration. The power of this is being boundless. As long as she can steer clear of sham pictures, she will be whole to reveal the path ahead in flaming colors. 
And so we can look at this 11 degrees of Taurus that is very much called to feeling that honesty and kindness expressed through genuine forethought to gather true friends and abundant blessings are the way forward. And also to really believe how boundless we are, how limitless we are. This has been a theme for the year of 2022. We know this is the year of the lovers. This is the year of the ancestors. This is a potent, potent year of really shifting radically where we've been and where we are going by being present in this now moment. And this Beltana eclipse portal is absolutely an opportunity to do that. The affirmation to connect with this Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse is, I am involved in fruitful relationships. And I'd like to invite you to imagine that your relationships, they're not just your human encounters. What are you in relationship with in your entire life? This can be the elements. This can be the fairy folk. This can be your ancestors. This can be your spirit guides. This can be teachers and mentors who have blessed your path. This is not just the people you connect with on the day-to-day. We are going beyond the beyond. And I, again, wish to really bring you back to ask yourself, whom and how do I relate to others? And to affirm, I am involved in fruitful relationships. We are creating a multitude of prosperity and abundance through this Taurus new moon, partial solar eclipse that is absolutely helping us seed and architect this new earth consciousness. And if you love to work with the minerals and the stone beans as much as I do, you might feel called to connect with rhodonite as rhodonite does connect with 11 degrees Taurus. And rhodonite is such a beautiful stone. It heals all wounds and karmas. It seals the void. Rhodonite also helps to boost our self-esteem. It allows us to feel more compassion, our beauty. It connects us with greater kindness. It encourages gentleness and self-care. And these are all attributes we want to activate in this eclipse. Coinciding with the Taurus new moon, Venus and Jupiter come to merge, to marry. Now, their marriage is exact at 4.57 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time. And the Taurus new moon is exact at 4.28 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. However, as that new moon comes forth, Venus and and, and Jupiter are coming conjunct. They're coming to marry. And this is very profound because Venus and Jupiter are the brightest planets in the sky after the sun and the moon. And in traditional astrology, they're seen as the two benefics, meaning that they are the ones that bestow the blessings in someone's chart. Venus bestowing love and beauty and our connection to culture and 
our money and increasing our relationships in all the good ways. And then Jupiter being the force, the frequency that speaks to our knowledge, our wisdom, spiritual inclination, how we expand our prosperity. And so as these two benefics come to meet, we must also understand that Venus is exalted in Pisces and Jupiter is in its home sign of Pisces and Jupiter and Neptune have just kissed in their great conjunction and now Jupiter and Venus come to meet and marry and they come together at almost it is the same degree and almost the same declination and they become one light and it is signifying this beauty in the sky this great benevolence that can invoke magic and positivity and compassion and empathy Venus as an evening star, and she is at the space of exaltation, of great celebration, and she's been in exaltation since the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, and now as she comes to meet up with Jupiter, it's like she's receiving the transmission from this conjunction between Jupiter and Neptune, and they're coming to merge to share the story, so to speak. And we could say that this is an opportunity to really transform our suffering on the planet at this time. We've been through so many gates, so many portals. This alignment on the heels of this Taurus partial solar eclipse in the midst of the frequency of the eclipse is so powerful and so meaningful. How can we harness all of the negativity that has been created through the previous zodiacal cycles and transmute it into something that we can be proud of, that we can stand for in our world as we're architecting this new earth. The Sabian symbol of 28 degrees Pisces is a fertile garden under the full moon reveals a variety of full-grown vegetables. This is about the full satisfaction of the individual's basic needs. The moon's power to call forth the instinctive urge for growth, variety, having all needs of all peoples met. This is a sign from the multiverse to say that when we come together through the compassion of our hearts, we can see, we can understand that there is plenty, that the goddess has plenty at her table. All are welcome, all are served. And this allows for this absolute unconditional love, the ultimate view, an opportunity to spread tranquility, to receive comfort, to give love, to share your abundance, your prosperity with others. And the frequency, the affirmation that transmits through this 28 degrees Pisces where Venus and Jupiter kiss enlightened purpose, quality, and intention are important to me. 
I wish to offer you ways you can wish with this new moon. Perhaps you consider your sensuality, your physical comfort, your appreciation and gratitude, your solid foundations and how you may be more thorough in life, your finances, your material comforts, your trustworthiness, your patience, your awareness of your personal needs and how you may set healthier boundaries, and ultimately how you may open your throat. The eclipse will begin on that Saturday, April 30th at 2.45 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time with the maximum at 4.41 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and the completion at 6 38 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on April 30th. That is the full window, and within that full window, we have that exact alignment between Venus and Jupiter. I pray that you can take away from this transmission something that will really inspire you. This Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse opens up the gate of Beltana, the solar gate, this frequency of spring at its peak here in the northern hemisphere, while the polarity for the southern hemisphere is that gate of Samhain, that otherworldly gate of Samhain. Therefore, there is a stream of consciousness between Beltana and Samhain, that really is so tied and so connected to the Fey and the wee folk and the little people and the contomble. And I want to speak more about this. However, I want to lay the groundwork that this cross-quarter festival is a time where for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, the days are getting longer and warmer and the first signs of summer are beginning to establish themselves. The earth energies are at their most active and really bringing in this increase in fertility and our ability to manifest in our lives. This is a time where the life force is so potent and powerful and as it connects to the well-known time of May Day. This is the festival of fertility, the festival of expectation, and the feast of life. This is the divine marriage, the hieroscamos between the horned god known as Pan, Hern, Carnanus, with the fertile goddess of the land, the great mother of all. And we can trace horned gods back through ancient prehistoric times to Asetion, the stag, Dionysus, or Amen, the ram. In these myths, the male sexual vitality would rise up the spine and was made visible through the actual horns, bringing mystical power and wisdom. And we know of so many May Day celebrations invoking the maypole dancing as the streams and the ribbons are woven to weave in the feminine and the masculine energies. And for others, there's a custom of taking ribbons and cloth to hawthorn trees and other sacred groves by wells and tying these ribbons in prayer, in devotion 
After being dipped in the holy water, they hang in the trees as offerings and as gifts to the fey folk, to the wee folk, or to the guardian spirit of the well or the spring. Beltana is a time when the flyers were put out and a new fire was lit. This need fire was a place where couples could jump over to pledge themselves to one another. The veils are thin at Beltana, just as Samhain, bringing in fresh insights and understanding from the spirit world. We are coming to be more and more conscious in our outer world, more and more conscious in our time and space. Calendar Beltana is May 1st, and the high spring Beltana is aligned when the sun is at 15 degrees Taurus this year on the 4th of May, thus Wednesday. Lunar Beltana is celebrated with the Scorpio full moon that comes on the 15th of May. And in between that time, on Monday, Monday, May 2nd, Venus, after she kisses and she meets with Jupiter, she continues on her journey into fiery and passionate Aries, where she settles in on that Monday, May 2nd. And as we consider the ability to time bend, timeline hop, to move through these portals, we of course must consider the we folk, the fae folk, the fairies, the elves, the dwarves, the contomble, the genies. There's so many beings and these beings literally live within the realms of the other world. And the truth is we are walking to and within the other world at all times. The other world is literally walking through us. In all honesty, it is a state of consciousness. These subtle realms of consciousness are available to us throughout our lifetimes. However, they require that subtlety of consciousness, which means that we commit to being more subtle. This is why we practice in the ways why we give offerings, why we meditate, why we enact ritual and ceremony, why we gather and we sing with one another and we chant mantra. This is why we pray in the ways that we pray and why we come on our hands and our knees to Mother Earth and we bow our heads down in gratitude because these subtle realms see everything. They know everything. They know the intention in our hearts and the purity of our actions. And as we're considering these subtle realms, they move beyond time and space, beyond the density of the human field. These consciousness realms of subtlety are available to us, particularly at dawn and dusk of each day, which is why for many indigenous cultures and technologies, the ceremonies are done at these times. Also, the nights of new or full moons are very potent as are these sacred days of the wheel of the year. And this is why I teach through the cycles of the moon and the sun in earth seed. This is why I base 
these podcasts so much around really going into depth into the solar gates and the lunar gates with you so that you can have an experience of these subtle realms of consciousness. The soul of the living world, these earthbound spirits, are all connected through the giants that live in the mountains and the underground rocks that hold the dwarves, the house elves or brownies or bogarts, the beings that live all around us. We know of the soul of the heavens so connected to the stars themselves, the goddesses and gods, all of the celestial creation, and for each one of us, our starry homes. And then there is that land of the underworld, the bardos, the land of the dead, the spaces and places we traverse as we're on that journey through the barge, as we depart our bodies. The fae folk particularly would like for you to honor them in this eclipse portal. As we are building this new earth consciousness, it is very much important that we make stronger allies with the unseen realms. In Elder Maladoma's Dagara home culture, they refer to the Fae, the Wee Folk, as the Contomble. And in Iceland today, they still honor the elves. Literally, the government honors the elves. It's quite powerful to be in a Western culture that honors their unseen realms. We being all of us, no matter where you're listening in the world, would all benefit for honoring our unseen realms. These are the ones that tend to the spaces and places that provide for us in this 3D world. As we tend to the unseen realms and we give offerings, they in turn are able to give to us. It is a mutual reciprocity. And as we build this new earth consciousness, it is so necessary that we're tending and we're offering and we're giving to the unseen realms because they are going to support us and guide us particularly in times when we are in need, if we happen to cross those bridges and paths. As we sink into the intelligence of Mother Earth, of nature, of water, of mineral, of fire, these are the ancient elementals that are the forces of creation themselves. And the we folk, the fae folk particularly, wish to be honored in this Beltana eclipse portal. And so the ritual suggestion is for you to really follow your own heart. You may wish to offer dried fruits or fresh fruits, sesame seeds, milk, honey, apple, rowan, hawthorn, sacred water. 
You may wish to offer beautiful creations. You make little breads or biscuits or cookies. You may wish to offer drawings you create that are biodegradable, poetry and tears and laughter. You may wish to build little spaces for the fate folk on your land or in a favorite space on the earth that you feel safe and secure. However you're guided, it is important if you can in this Beltana fairy eclipse portal to honor the wee folk in a way that you're called to. They love to connect with us through the essential oil of time. It allows us to really be even more multidimensional with them. And this multidimensionality is so key as we tune into our ability to timeline bend and hop. As we bless the land and we communicate with the elements as we communicate and give offerings to the Fae, we create that reciprocity where in turn they can support us. And if we counsel with them, if we speak aloud how we need support and guidance, they are sure to show up for you. Now, I do wish to offer a word of caution. Connecting with these realms is just as diverse as connecting with humans, meaning we have many different personalities. Just as humans are diverse, these elementals, these sentient beings are also diverse. And so we want to use discernment as we would use discernment with humans as well. The fae, the wee folk, absolutely can assist with time-bending And this concept of time bending is very much connected to eclipses. The brain operates in anywhere from one dimension to up to 11, 12, 13 dimensions at once. Time bending is anything that has mass. It sits on the piece of fabric in time and it can cause a dimple or a bending movement. The bending of space-time causes objects to move on a curved path and that curvature of space is what we know as gravity. Einstein's theory of general relativity said that gravity can bend time. It is not a force, but a consequence of the distortion of time and space. So as we learn how to become more subtle and to become more etheric and light body activated in our liquid light bodies, we are able to move through time and space in much different capacities. We can time bend through deep meditation by finding a super conscious state in the astral plane where time does not exist. That is when we go into higher and higher frequencies and dimensions that are close to pure source connection. 
We can time bend when we ride our natural waves of inspiration, when we do not force things. For instance, this episode has required me to time bend. I have had to follow the natural waves of inspiration in the sense that I wanted to actually, in my mind, have this done much earlier in the day. And at this point, I know that it's going to take time to edit and it's not going to be done, quote, when I wanted it to be, end quote. However, because I am in the flow and working with the Fae, I know that I have to be very authentic in how I record so that it is received in that wave of inspiration. As we notice when the energy comes to life, we write it and it's like you could complete many hours worth of work in just an hour or you can complete a big project in a few days because you're really riding that wave. One other way to time bend, which I love to do, and I've shared this with you all in previous episodes, is to stand straight and face the direction that feels the least comfortable for you. And you're going to stand nice and tall and take some deep breaths and visualize the direction you wish to go in your life. You're going to feel it, smell it, taste it, touch it, and hear it. Then you will take five long, deep breaths, hold it within your third eye, and you're going to turn 360 degrees counterclockwise. You are literally working with the curve of the natural world. So this curve is symbolic. And at the same time, you're physically turning the energy around in your electromagnetic field. Then you pause, you hold the vision of where you want to go, how it feels, how it tastes, how it looks, how you feel deep inside, you hear it. All of your senses are attuned in that beautiful Taurian fertile way. You breathe in deep and you receive it deep into your heart. And so it is. And that brings us to timeline jumping. Your timeline, your life happens to be one of many simultaneous possibilities. And it is quite possible, indeed, one could say it is your birthright to alter your timeline and the potentials of your life. We could say that perhaps the culture, the overculture has hypnotized each one of us into believing that we are limited to one timeline. In fact, we could say that the majority of what gets put out through the media and our entertainment channels, whether they're on the television or social media or billboards, they're all telling us that we are limited to one timeline. In this message, we are going to explore how you can shift them. You're going to identify 
where you wish to be in your life? What timeline do you want to be on? And so this, again, takes a moment of pause to really sink in and reflect and call forth the exact preciseness, the kind of timeline you wish to live within. And you shift your vibrational state to match the frequency of that timeline. Then you lock in the vibrational state so it does not waver. You're going to do this by really becoming fully conscious in your entire body from the base of your spine to the crown of your head, really activating the shushmana. You're going to feel present all the way to the soles of your feet, to the crown of your head, and you're going to feel grounded to Mother Earth. And you're going to hold that frequency that you are in the vibrational state to match the timeline that you wish to reside within. From here, you take any action that is an expression of the new timeline. And you continue to take action from the new timeline. You persevere despite all obstacles. This is a rough kind of synopsis that was given through Tom Kenyon via the Hathors. And the Hathors are very connected to the ancient goddess Hathor of ancient Egypt. Now, the Hathors, as channeled through Tom Kenyon, believe that if enough people jump timelines, this leaves the prophetic timeline of any planetary destruction behind and instead gives us this new earth consciousness that is free of the disastrous prophecies regarding our planet and that they will not come to pass, that they will be free from our consciousness from our psyche. Now remember, when you tune in to the mass frequency that is projected out there, there's very much a hypnotic trance that wants each one of us to be drowning and dripping in fear. So if you really want a timeline bend and timeline hop and jump and skip and circle around the maple, you have to make conscious choices in your day-to-day living about what you consume and your values. This is related to your value system with Uranus and Taurus. You have to be radical. You have to make the choice of where you need to liberate yourself. And As the Hathor said, it is possible to live in heaven while those around you live in torment. Even if the collective does not shift into a higher destiny, remarkable, miraculous things and experiences will happen for those of us who have the courage to live a different reality than the one being impressed on us by our over-culture. One of my earlier episodes in 2020 was deprogramming the matrix. You are right on time. I believe this whole concept of time is one of the greatest ways the overculture programs us to believe that we are always losing. And as 
valuable in some ways as social media is and the connection. It is very destructive. I believe it is also very destructive to take in content of what so many people are doing all of the time because it makes us feel like we're not doing enough and it invokes jealousy and comparison. And I'll never forget, I came across a study, it was probably about five or 10 years ago, around it's not natural to know so many people. Like very few people on the planet should should have 5,000 friends. Like it's stressful for your nervous system to keep up with that many people. We're here in the Aquarian age. We, we really can't go backwards. And there is a beauty in connecting with so many people because it really shows how we are like these individual cells on and connected and a part of Mother Earth herself. However, it really makes us feel like there's lack, like there's not enough and that we're never on time. And the reality is, is that we're always right on time and that we are going to experience what we need to when our soul is ready to receive that. And as we really sink into that and trust in that and believe in that, we open up the flow to be in those experiences and to be present and alive to them. And ultimately, that is time bending right there. It is dissolving all doubt, taking away the doubts, the poisons of modernity, and sinking in and believing that there is so much abundance in this world that we are at the table of plenty in the lap of the great mother that the elements and mother earth herself have us they support us that we are backed by the other world and when we can stop give gratitude for this reality and we can breathe into that our lives flow so much more gracefully and easefully. And with that, as we are officially in this Beltana Ferry Eclipse Portal, this is a time of great care, self-care as nourishment. Self-care is essential during these times, especially this Eclipse Portal, because the Taurus Scorpio axis of the zodiacal wheel is activated. So there's this deep connection to the earthly element. And there's also a deep connection to going within our psyches and really clearing out. One of my mentors, Dr. E, Dr. Estes, that I've spoke about, I always love recommending listening to her audiobook, The Joyous Body. That one particularly is such good medicine for us to love our bodies even more. 
and to really see our body as a supreme consort, as a temple in life. And this is exactly what the ancient Egyptians were transmitting by creating these sacred temples that we walk through. You get a physical activation, chakra by chakra, as you enter in the temple. And the temple you walk through is to remind you that your body is your consort. God, goddess, lives and breathes through each one of us. As we honor the vessel that we have been given, we strengthen our core selves. And in turn, we have more energy to support those in our lives, those in need. And therefore, as we create healthy boundaries, it is a sign of self-love. And as we can communicate our healthy boundaries, it is a way of loving others in turn and teaching them how we like to be loved and what we need. I believe self-care practices are so important during eclipses and cold showers are amazing cold plunges in nature even better the cold water just like really feeds your nervous system and with the strong uranian energy in this eclipse portal all of our nervous systems can use the extra love and tenderness also drinking water pure clean water And drinking extra water is very vital during eclipses, especially this eclipse portal because it's in the Taurus-Scorpio axis. So pure, healthy, live water, ideally fresh spring water, is going to feed you the most. For those of us who are very sensitive, then certain adaptogens or nourishing herbal infusions are going to be really important. You can use, um, work with oat straw and nettle for nourishing herbal infusions. Densely packed teas, like pouring in like an ounce of dried herb into a quart jar and filling it with hot water and steeping it overnight and then straining out the herbs the next day. That's a nourishing herbal infusion. So when you make a tea, it's not that strong compared to an herbal infusion. Now, adaptogenic herbs, mushrooms like reishi, holy basil, tulsi, and of course, rose Rose is such a high-frequency medicine, really good for supporting us in eclipses. Connecting with Mother Earth by standing barefoot on the earth will feed you deeply. And just taking a moment and breathing long, deep breaths or laying down on the earth. Like if things feel overwhelming, just literally go lay down on the earth gaze at the sun. Imagine you're drinking the sun in to every cell of your body. I promise if you take five minutes to do that, you're going to feel like a brand new human. Even better if your cell phone is at least six feet away from your body as you do that. Hiking barefoot, taking off your shoes and going out in nature barefoot is a phenomenal practice for all of us in these times. 
working with your mineral allies, giving those offerings to the elements, to the wee folk, and carving out time each day to literally turn your devices off and enjoy, enjoy life without the technology, without the constant scrolling. Enjoy a craft, paint, draw, knit, bake without electronics around. And always consider time for a pilgrimage or a retreat for reflection and renewal. So for those moments when it just feels like too much, take three long deep breaths and you can mentally chant victory and press the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth as you do so, focusing through the third eye, beam out victory. That will reset your whole system. Give gratitude for what is working. I guarantee you, even if everything is hitting the fan, there's got to be something working. You got to find it. it. It's it's part of the mind control hypnotism that we're all breaking free from is constantly finding what's not working. Instead, we want to flip the script, focus on what is working, and give gratitude for it. Finally, when in doubt and when feeling like a hot mess, fill up a large glass of water and drink the entire glass and flush your mind. The Shushmana wishes for us to be fully present, really call forth our higher self from the base of our spine, to the crown of our head, especially in this eclipse portal. So you're going to know that this translates in Sanskrit to very gracious or kind, and it is the name of the central nadi in the body, running through the central axis, through the spinal cord. It is the most important nadi of the emotional body. And when prana flows freely through the shushmana, the yogi can attain a still mind. So to connect, you're going to really feel your connection to your muladhara, your base chakra. The shushmana connects from the muladhara, the base, the root chakra, to the crown of the head and is the path for the ascent of the kundalini energy up the base of the spine to the crown. This is the central channel for the flow of prana, uniting all other chakras in the body. So on either side of the shushmana, just like we can think of the masculine, feminine, hieroskamos, that sacred marriage, it happens within our bodies through the ida and the pingala nadis. The ida is located to the left of the spine, carrying our feminine lunar energy, starts in the muladhara and ends in the left nostril. And the pingala nadi, located to the right of the spine and carries the masculine solar energy, starts in the muladhara chakra and ends in the right nostril. And this is ultimately what we are up to in any yoga practice if we are really taking time to breathe and meditate. So by being aware of how this flow of prana moves throughout the body, we can concentrate on distributing energy throughout the chakras 
and really working with our consciousness. This is so much of what we're laying the foundation with in Earthseed. And I believe that this Beltana fairy eclipse portal is a time to really get deeper into our bodies to really invoke that power frequency element and our presence and our ability to enjoy the riches of life and to be grateful for all the prosperity that is before our very eyes, for the rising of the sun and the dew on the grass and the song of the birds and the flowers blossoming and the fragrances around. These are joys. These are moments to celebrate. And I wish you a blessed, blessed journey through this Beltana fairy eclipse portal. I pray that you are guided by the holiest and the highest guides and guardians and that you're nourished and that you give the most amazing heartfelt offerings of devotion and that the we folk receive them with so much love and so much laughter and mirth. May there be peace in the East. May there be peace in the South. May there be peace in the West. May there be peace in the North. May there be peace deep into the heart of Mother Earth, Taragaya, Pachamama. We love you so much. We are so grateful to be your children. And may there be peace spiraling through the cosmos, through time and space, all the way to the source of all source consciousness. And may there be peace that is woven deep into each of our hearts. And may it come through our compassionate voice in these most powerful, potent times. And so it is. And so it is, and so it is. Ashe. I'd like to share this prayer with you to close our circle. Prayer for stability. I stand today and for all times as a wise and loving adult in this world. I trust myself and I trust in the goodness in all hearts. I hold love and stability in this world and fashion my life accordingly. I honor and respect those who may be fearful and recognize that many are still young. I will live with my eyes, ears, and heart open I will build the life I came to build. And so it is. As 
you come into this inner sanctum of light, you will come seated or lying down, relaxing your body, taking care of your biological needs, preempting any distractions, turning off electronics and devices that may interrupt this transmission. And you allow your body to anchor and to sink. And as you do so, you become fully present, elongating your inhales and your exhales. And as you breathe long and deep, Consciously, we're going to place protection around your body, welcoming in the powers and spirits of the east, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the south, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the west, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the north, the element of earth, anchoring deep down into Mother Earth, See these beautiful cords of light coming from the base of your spine, the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, and see them traveling down through the layers of sediment and soil, honoring the spirits, the beautiful beings of the land and the ancestors of the land where you're currently residing, honoring them as they're protecting this field and you anchor deep down into Mother Earth to the core, the crystalline hematite core of Great Grandmother Hematite, welcoming in this connection, becoming fully present, welcoming in your connection with your mother line and your father line tapping into that inherent indigenous wisdom that flows through your veins, through your blood, through your bones, through the codes of that, of who you are and who you have always been and who you will always be. This is timeless wisdom that transmutes through time and space. It is multidimensional and you are source consciousness and your ancestors are good people. We all have oppressors in our line and we all have gifted good people. And so we welcome in the genius potential of those who have been the priests and the priestesses, the holy men and women, the witches, the herbalists, the artists, the healers, the geniuses, the servants of humanity, we welcome in the goodness of what it is to be embodied, to be human, and to honor this life as sacred. And that wisdom courses through your veins, and you draw this anchor up from great-grandmother hematite. You draw it up through the earth, through the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet, and you feel it running through your blood, through your body, and you breathe. And as you breathe, you feel this bright golden light come all the way from the great central sun of all suns, from great Sabtet herself, Sirius. And the great central sun 
sends these showers of golden radiant light down through the ethers of Mother Earth's consciousness into the heart of Gaia, down through the crown of your head, and you receive this golden light, these filaments, these codes of information of divine source consciousness and you breathe them in and you inhale them and they go right into your lungs and at the same time they pour down through the crown of your head showering you all parts of your energetic template activated going into your physical body moving through the liquid the water that is you the sacred crystalline water that is you And this is your birthright to feel the sovereignty of this divine act of connection, of presence, of anchored awareness to earth and your cosmic divinity in one single breath. And as this light, these golden rays of light from Sabtet come down, they form a golden pyramid that encases and envelops your entire body. This is a field of protection that protects you here and now. So that as you travel through the ethers, your physical body is protected and you receive this protection with great gratitude. And you can even imagine at the four corners of your pyramid, little stones of black tourmaline that are protecting the space, as well as fluorite, which can absorb any gui, any parasites, any offenders that attempt to come into your field of protection, the fluorite will immediately swallow that frequency and transmute it. And so you receive this with gratitude and you allow yourself to sink deeper and deeper into your physical body. And as you sink deeper and deeper, you go deep into the mind's eye, the third eye, the serpent space, of inner seeing and you begin to travel through the ethers and you find yourself traveling on these golden cords of light and you find yourself walking in the desert coming to the great pyramid of Giza herself and you can imagine this landscape in any way possible perhaps the Nile is moving all the way up to the periphery periphery of the pyramid herself and the land is quite fertile with the abundance of flora and fauna that are meant to exist in the sacred landscape and you walk up to the space and at the gates of the great pyramid You find yourself coming to meet Mary Magdalene herself and Yeshua. And they are awaiting you. They are smiling. They are beaming. They are so radiant. You see their physical bodies and their light bodies all at once. 
there's this golden luminescence that shimmers from their essence and they welcome you they welcome you to the space they bow to you and they ask you if you're ready to enter and when you're ready you may enter alongside them Mary Magdalene walks in front of you Yeshua behind you and they bring you inside the great pyramid you're walking through the beautiful stones and you find yourself coming into the center of the pyramid and now you have a choice whether to go down or up and you feel the call to go down to go down to the noon to the great watery abyss to the space of great regeneration and restoration And so you go down, you begin to walk down the path that is slanted at an angle and you have to hunch over and Mary Magdalene leads the way so gracefully and elegantly. She has a lit candle that lights the path and you move step by step, slowly, slowly with each breath It takes some time, about 13 minutes of walking with your back hunched over. And finally you emerge, you emerge into the cave and you find yourself deep within the pyramid. And here there's a direct connection that leads all the way down into the core of Mother Earth. Yeshua and Mary Magdalene find different spaces within the Nun to sit and hold space for you. And you yourself find a place to come and sit or perhaps you lie down and you receive, you feel the call to listen and you take the space to receive the messages deep from Mother Earth. And when it is time, you come to stand up and they stand up with you and you begin to emerge, walking back up from how you've come till you eventually find yourself in the center of the pyramid. And this time you ascend up, you go all the way up to the king's chamber The space is made with the most sacred stones to carry the piezoelectric frequencies.
and you see, you see the sarcophagus vibrating, calling to you, and you know you were meant to come and lie down. You come and you lie down, and Mary Magdalene stands at your feet, Yeshua at your head. They ground the frequencies of Hieroskamos, the codes of regeneration and resurrection through the womb channel of Mary Magdalene and the ascended Christos frequency of Master Yeshua. These two masters hold space for you as you come and you lie back within the sarcophagus. And the moment your head touches that pink Aswan granite, you travel. You travel far and wide. You travel through time and space, and you see yourself moving through legions of lifetimes. And as you move through these legions of lifetimes, you see the threads that connect you to here and now and the karmic curriculum you have chosen to work with in this incarnation. And as you travel, you see the path of the Magdalene, the order of the Magdalene, the promise, the sanctity of this work. You receive great healing, healing to your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body. And this healing is received through quantum layers of time and space. And you travel, and you travel, and you travel. You allow yourself to journey, to receive. Yeshua and Mary Magdalene hold the frequency for you as you integrate the waves of knowledge and you consciously weave with their support. At the same time, these resurrection codes of great mother Isis and Osiris beam down from Sirius and Orion. You feel the celestial wisdom that is vibrating and pulsating to and through earth at any given moment. You see the fog, the psycho-emotional dross that humanity has collectively chosen to live in at this time. And through the heart of compassion, you allow it, for it is in that allowing that change, radical change, happens. It is through the field of softening, deep love and acceptance that radical change happens. And as you allow, you allow yourself, your physical body, to receive these codes. And you receive, and you receive, and you receive. And as time and space continues, you breathe and you know you will continue to receive this wisdom and this magic. For now, it is time for you to return back to your physical body. And so you do so. And you draw this cosmic wisdom down through the crown, 
through every layer of your chakra to the soles of your feet and you anchor it deep into Mother Earth. And on this day, you make your own personal devotional commitment to live with the path and through the path of the Magdalene that resonates for you. Beloved one, take the time to integrate, to move through your day with ease and grace. We are transforming with every single breath. May you love, may you love this breath and the spaces between. It is the breath that is the dance of life, the dance of the beloved. We are the Magdalens. Blessed be. Mary's Codex. I entreat you today, who exists forever. I praise you today, Yao, who is coming upon the clouds of heaven. Sabaoth, who is stronger than them all, who exists before all the eons, before heaven and earth appeared. Heaven became for you a throne, and the earth a footstool at your feet. Listen to me today through your great, blessed name. Let all things submit to me, for I am Mary. I am Mariham. I am the mother of the life of the whole world. I am myself. Let the rock split before me today. Let the iron dissolve before me today. Let the demons withdraw before me today. Let the powers of the light appear to me. Let the angels and the archangels appear to me today. Let the doors that are bolted and closed open for me at once and quickly so that your name may become my helper in life, whether in all the day or in all the night. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. 
My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.